Welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show, where I coach and inspire you to live your very best life, one step at a time. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show, episode number 17. Holy smoke, 17 episodes. Do I ever shut the hell up? Not today. Not today, I don't. Today's episode is a five-step approach to thinking positively. The uh, idea for this episode, um, it's <laughs> certainly not a revolutionary topic, uh, but something that I've really dove deep into. And um, I'm running uh, to kind of set the, set, the, um, set the stage a little bit here. Outside of this, I think I've mentioned I'm running a six-week beta test on a program to help people become more aware of their uh, their their internal dialogue, their thoughts, and then obviously as become aware of them, we can choose to change them. There's kind of a process through this, and there's a couple steps that I'm going to talk about today. But then eventually the step goes into like thinking positive. And what was interesting is as I meet with the, this the, this group, uh, some some of the questions uh, on a weekly basis, some of the questions that are starting to come up are like really great questions. Like, okay, great, I can do like the first couple things to kind of you know to kind of quiet my negative thoughts to a certain extent. But then, how do I actually think positive? Like, what does that actually mean? And that is a, they're, they're fantastic questions because um, I think so often in life, life. It's just, just think positive, control your mindset, think positive, think positive, yada, 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 yada. And that's really, really hard to do. Uh, especially when we're in a negative place, right? It's really easy to think positive when we're like, everything's perfect in our life. We're firing on all cylinders. And it's like, yeah, this is really easy. And, and then we kind of have shit happen to us and life comes up. And uh, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast was how the, the real definition of a, of a successful person is someone that can remain positive and remain under control in, in the face of adversity. Because most of our life is adversity, right? Uh, and that doesn't always mean adversity. I, I guess I don't think of it as a bad thing per se. I think oftentimes adversity is such a negative thing. It's just adverse conditions. It's something that we're not, we're not always used to. So we're constantly seeing new things. So how do we respond to those in a, in a positive way? And I talked a lot last time about mental fitness, and that is the capacity to respond in a positive way. But today I want to focus on, uh, I want to kind of double click and shine the light and highlight and um, really focus on the the uh, positive component of that mental fitness. And so I'm going to go through a five-step process today. The first two steps uh, I'm not going to go into because I talked a lot about those in the, in the past. And so step one is identifying the saboteur, or identifying the negative thought. So if you're feeling down, you need to just be aware of that. Um, I've gone into countless other episodes where I've talked about that, the ability to identify that saboteur, and I'll probably go into it more in other episodes. But I think for the purposes of today, you want to identify that you don't feel right. And that could be from an external event that occurred or it could be from just an internal feeling you have, right? A feeling you have in your gut or in your chest or whatever it is. It's a Sunday night and you're like, oh God, I have to work Monday. I feel like shit. Uh, or maybe it's Monday morning and you feel like shit. Um, or maybe it's Friday and you feel like shit. Whatever it is, if you feel like shit, if you have a negative emotion, that's a saboteur. You shouldn't be living life constantly jumping from one negative emotion to the next with a little bit of a reprieve of a good a good couple of minutes here or there. That's not how life was meant to be lived. So step one is identifying that. Uh, again, not going to go into detail on how to do that. The second step, which is very important, which this is the, I, I hope my general content, uh, it's really going to, well, I guess I don't have to hope because I can control my content. And my content's going to start to um, focus more on this second step. And that's uh, what I call active meditation. For those of you guys that have um, 
got involved with any of the the positive intelligence stuff. The group that I partner with, they they uh, it's not it, it's a group, but it's really this guy Shazar Shamin. I've talked about him multiple times on the podcast. He created the saboteur assessment. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I've kind of started with has come through a program that I've that I've taken of his and one that I've now partnered with to bring to other folks. And uh, he calls it PQ reps. I call it active meditation. Uh, but it's it's the idea of bringing ourselves to the present moment because in the present moment everything is good. There's no negative. There's no worry about the past or um, anxiety about the future. There's just us and where we are. And so there's ways to do that. There's exercises to do that. And uh, there's some that um, Shazard has, uh, some that I've talked to you guys about, and I'm going to be developing some of my own that I'm, that I'm going to make available to you guys because this is just so important, the ability to actively meditate. Uh, and the reason why it's, I call it active meditation is we all know what meditation is. It's sitting down, getting grounded, sitting in a room. You get the idea, at least for me, the idea of like sitting on a pillow and it's very quiet, and it's very serene, and you could sit there and you could just become grounded with yourself. That's fantastic, but that's not possible to do throughout the day for 99% of people. And so active meditation is taking that, cutting it into small chunks, and doing um, some breathing exercises, but also just some general physical exercise. Anything, anything um, that brings you to the present moment that uses one of your five senses to do that um, is active meditation. And what you what happens is when you're having a really negative thought, and then you and then you start to do active meditation exercises. You well, you don't necessarily. I I've gotten to the point where I start to, but where you don't necessarily jump right into like an uber uber positive thought. You do jump into a into a much calmer space because you're in the present moment. And the better you get at these, the str- and this is this active meditation is actually is act actually neurologically changing your brain. So it, 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 over time, it's like any other type of exercise. Your brain gets stronger and it becomes better at remaining present and calm in the moment. And the more you do that, the more those those negative feelings st- start to dissipate right away. And so again. Um, I the the how to on how to identify a saboteur the how to on a actively meditate uh, I'm gonna save those for another for another um, another rant and I'll be providing some stuff on the active meditation stuff some exercises for you guys to try here and hopefully in the coming weeks but um, those are the important first two steps of thinking positively because if you're in a negative place you can't just th- this is what pisses me off more than anything is just when it's like. You got to focus, like, it's like, oh, God, I don't feel good. We'll just focus on the positives. It's like, yeah, well, no shit. Focus on the positives. But how the hell do I do that when I feel like shit and my, I got a knot in my stomach or my chest and I'm not, not breathing well and I just feel down? And you can't just think positively. So the first thing you have to do is realize that there's a saboteur play. The second one is to actively meditate, get yourself to the present moment. Uh, and that's the, that is work. Active meditation is work. It's no different than exercising in the gym. And so this is where I always go back to people. If you actually want to change, you actually want to develop yourself, I'm going to give you a play-by-play on how to do it, which I haven't seen a lot of other play-by-plays. I think Shazad and Positive Intelligence does some good stuff, but I'm really going to go into the, uh, into the weeds on how to do this. But you have to go to the gym. You have to exercise, you, you, in which in this, in this realm means actively meditate. And that's the same thing that... Um, any other personal trainer will tell you, right? I mean, they can dev- they can devise a perfect plan for you to exercise that really fits your needs, it really works for you, but you got to do it. It's the same thing here. So, step two: a- actively meditate. Okay, so now we've done that. We're in a calm we're in a calm space. Um, and so, something that's really come up for me as I've tried a lot of this stuff. I mean, this stuff is stuff that I've tried. No, we're we're all different, but I'd like to think that. Um, 
anyone after self-development can kind of understand the same type of concepts. And what I would initially do is go from this act of meditation right into what I'm going to talk about here in a minute. It's called the sage perspective. But um, I think there's something which is kind of part of this. There's something before we go into this sage perspective that's really important that uh, I that really, really makes a difference for me. And that is um, empathy. Empathy for yourself or others. And what that means is Unless there's a really bad negative event, and we'll talk about those here in a few minutes, unless there's a really bad negative event that occurs, most most of the time that we have these emotions and we don't feel good, is um, it's created it's because we've created a story in our mind, and we've talked a lot about the judge and how we judge ourselves and how we're constantly um, using one of the accomplice saboteurs, whether it's a controller or a restless saboteur or whatever it might be to make ourselves kind of feel down, feel like we should be doing more or we're not doing as well compared to someone else. Um, and when, when I coach people, I'm finding this more and more on myself. And when they have break breakthroughs with saboteurs, um, one of the things that really helps them do that is for them to really get clear on what the saboteur voice is. And so again, we've sort of done that in step one. But now that you're kind of clear on what that saboteur voice is, and, and um, it's probably not as much as you think. Oftentimes, I think we think like this is like we're telling ourselves this long story. Really, at the end of the day, there's, there's two components of life. There, we all, there's love in this, in this fear. And everyone wants to move closer to love, but unfortunately, we spend a lot of our times on fear. And so if, if you really boil down any problem, you're probably scared of something. You're probably scared of failure. You're probably scared of what other people think. Um, but what that actually means, if you flip it on its head, is you're just telling yourself that you're not good enough, right? You don't trust yourself. There's no way you can do this. There's no way they're going to like you. Um, and, and then that, that, that like is like the middle, that's like the, the, the very center of the, of the voice of the saboteur. And then from there it goes like, well, you're not good enough. So, oh my God, what do you think they're saying about you? Or can you believe this? Or, um, there's no way that you're going to be able to get a better job. So you better enjoy the best you did. And I've gone down this, this road before, but really what this boils down to is you're talking shit to yourself. I mean, you realize that, right? If, if you were to say the things in your head to someone else, uh, to a friend, would you still be their friend? If you're, uh, if you're a parent, or even if you're not a parent, you have um, people that you really care about, whether it's a parent or a sibling or a really close friend, and you heard someone saying the things to them that you're saying in your head, how would you act? It's a pretty good chance that you get pretty defensive right on that person or pretty defensive for yourself. Well, one of the great exercises in this empathy that uh, I did as part of this um, positive intelligence thing, which I think is absolutely fantastic, is I got a childhood photo. Uh, uh, Shazar tells you you get a childhood photo of yourself. And this is kind of before you grow up and you get all banged up by all these different types of saboteurs. And you have this childhood photo of yourself and you start to look at yourself and you're like, look at that person. And uh, it was crazy. I had like a crazy breakthrough when I did that. Uh, and I cried for like 30 minutes looking at myself when I was a little kid. And I'm like, I am so... And that person is still us. And I am so mean to that person. The stuff I say is horrific. And uh, it really, really bothered me. It was like, uh, and that's, and the ability to see that is empathy. Um, and it's not like, oh my God, I feel so bad. It's just a sense of kind of understanding where that person's at. And that person is, at least for me, and I hope many of you listening, I'm a good person, right? Like, uh, I was a good kid. I wanted to do the right things. I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't a wise ass sometimes, whatever it might be, but by and large, I was a good person. 
and I am a good person, and I'm trying to do the right thing, and I'm trying to do what's best for me, and I'm trying to do what's best for my family, and I, I care about other people, and I want to do what's best for other people. Uh, part of the reason why I'm sitting here on this podcast right now. And, and well, you might not be doing the same things I'm doing, which, which it's not me by saying what I'm doing is better than what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, there's a good chance that you're a good person deep down. That kid inside of you is a good person. They just want to play. They want to have fun. Um, and they want to enjoy life, most importantly. And so when we can start to realize that all these saboteurs are just yelling at that kid inside us, it really, at least for me, it really starts to change the game a little bit because I start to look at myself differently and I'm like, no, like, no, you're not going to talk shit to me. You're not going to treat me like this. You're not going to doubt. You're not just going to like, you're not going to talk shit to this little, to this person, this little kid inside of me. And, um, it, it was an important thing for me and it, and it is now when I'm really feeling down, I, I, I kind of step and I'll look at that childhood photo. I have it saved on my phone as well. I have it sitting on my desk in front of me and I have it saved on my phone and I kind of look at it and I, and I start to, uh, realize like, no. Um, and so the, the, the powerful question that comes out of that is what, what, what would it be like to be nice to yourself? Like, what would that be like to actually be nice to yourself? What would it be like? Um, it was funny. I'm, I'm in the process of, uh, trying to bite my, stop biting my fingernails. And uh, funny, I was doing really well. And then the last couple of weeks I've kind of gone down. And every time I bite my fingernails, I catch myself and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Cut the shit. And it's like, what if I was just like, hey, like Joe, um, hey man, like you should stop trying to bite your fingernails because it's important to you that you don't do them anymore. And you know, you're probably starting to grind your teeth in the process. So you should just try and stop it and do the best you can. Like, how different is that than just like me yelling at myself? And it's crazy. And I, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't, I'm not going too deep for some of you guys, but really think about that. Like, often, like we treat ourselves. It's funny. Um, when I just moved to Tampa, I started playing pickleball and I really started to observe the other people that I was playing with and even myself because um, it was a competitive group of people. And someone make a bad shot and they're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell's wrong with me? And it's like, we just talk so much shit to ourselves that we would never really talk to other people, yet it's okay, yet we allow ourselves to be so mean to ourselves. So I think that third step is just taking a moment to, I mean, I just took a couple minutes here to really go through empathy in more detail, but really just kind of be empathetic, like look at yourself in your situation, in your shoes, and be like, is this really how I want to talk to myself? And I think that's an important step before we, stop, where we, before we go into step number four. And step number four is a sage perspective. The sage perspective is, and this is just, it could be any, it could be any positive where a sage comes from Shazad's book. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. I might eventually change it in my own little realm of creating my own approach to um, um, living a great life. But for now, we'll call it the sage perspective. And that is simply every outcome or circumstance can be turned into a gift and an opportunity. So that's an important thing to understand, right? Any negative, and we all know this, um, but it can be hard to think of in the moment, but hopefully after we've gone through the first three steps, we can start to step back and look at um, how we feel or an event that occurred outside us. How can that be a, ter- turned into a gift in an opportunity? And we all know that this goes on um, in our life. I mean, so often we look back and say, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Well, at the time, it seemed horrible, right? Well, a big part of this 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 approach here, this five-step approach is not waiting five years to realize that a negative thing could actually be a positive thing. And the only reason why that negative thing that happened maybe five years ago was a positive thing was because at this point you chose to look at it differently. But you also probably could have chose to look at that differently um, at that time. Now, maybe not with the same, having five years does provide certain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? for here, uh, insight and it's insights, not the word, but I can't think of it, but it does provide certain 
distance from it does provide a different perspective on it. But in general, at the time when anything happens, it could be negative um, or any way you cert- there's a, there's a way you feel, you can immediately look at that and say, what's the what's the opportunity here uh, or gift. I like I seem to find myself using opportunity a lot more. Like, what's the opportunity here? What can I learn here? What can I do here? How, how can I flip this thing? Uh, and that's re- actually on the external. And so, and what I've always said about people that are just getting into some of this work, um, it's ex- it's actually easier on the outside in most cases, uh, unless you get a really really. I mean, if you lose your job, um, that can be hard to kind of feel positive about. But it, it's very easy to immediately be like, all right, how can I turn this into a positive and start thinking and start brainstorming? Or should I I'll, let me say this: it's it's very simple. I don't know if it's very easy, but it's very simple to do that. When you kind of wake up on Monday and. Um, kind of feeling like, oh, I just don't feel right. I don't know what it is. That's a little bit harder. Uh, and that takes a little bit more foresight and a little bit ability to kind of think um, a little bit more critically uh, and kind of step back away from yourself. But we'll talk about that too. And so when we talk about um, everything can be turned into a gift or an opportunity, there's a couple different ways you can do that. Uh, three ways you can do that. And so the first one is uh, you can look at it from like a knowledge point of view. And so what knowledge would I need to gain so that the payoff in the future could be much larger than, than what this is costing me now? So, okay, this might suck right now. And th- this is a great, if like you're stuck doing work you don't want to do and you're feeling really bad about it or you're, um, God, I just got this massive project thrown on me. It's like, what knowledge do I need to get from this so that in the future um, it'll be worth it? And so oftentimes when we get busy work, we're like, oh God, we have to do this. But it, it, how can you make that busy work useful? What can you learn from it? What, what else can you do during that time to create an environment where at the end of that, you're looking back and saying, well, that, that kind of sucked, but in the process, I learned this, this, and this, or I, or I gained this knowledge. And so knowledge is always a good way to identify something for an opportunity as a gift. What knowledge can I get from this? Oh, I just got stuck going on this stupid weekend getaway with people I don't want to go with, or I got stuck going, um, you know, going to this event that I don't want to go to. Well, what, what's the knowledge that you can gain there uh, that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to? The next one is power. Um, and th- this is a good one in general. And so that's, uh, and this is the one that I use a lot, is just the the idea of uh, what needs to be stronger in me so that this event that I'm perceiving as negative is no longer is no longer pulling me into a, a saboteur space. Where do I need to be stronger? And maybe, maybe the answer to that is just empathy. If I can just be more, and that's always the answer at some level, because if we can just be more empathetic, things are a lot better. But where do you need to be stronger mentally? Do you need to be more self-disciplined? Uh, do you need to be more, um, more open, more easygoing? Do you need to let, do you need to let go of uh, trying to control a situation? What is, the, what is the power that you need to grow, um, the strength that you need to grow in order for this to be a gift or an opportunity? And be very clear about that. And, and so oftentimes you're like, yeah, this can be an opportunity. I'm just going to become a better person for it. It's like, well, that's probably not enough to keep you positive. But if you can get really clear on, um, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go through this and I'm going to focus on my patience and becoming more patient as we go through this process and really focus the whole time. I'm going to be patient. And at the end of that, or not even at the end, halfway through whatever you're going through or whatever you're dealing with, you're going to be like, holy shit, like I'm more patient than I was five minutes ago. And that boom, all those positive emotions are going to start the pride and all that stuff's going to start rolling back in. And the last one, so you have knowledge, power or strength. And the last one is inspiration. And this one's um, just the idea of committing to an inspiring action so that you wouldn't have if this bad thing hadn't happened. So 
this goes back to the earlier one about how um, I'm glad this quote unquote negative thing happened because it allowed or it allowed or forced me to do this. And so oftentimes um, that can be a really powerful way for us to uh, to kind of level up in life. Right, like enough's enough. Here we go again with this. With this, you know, my boss shitting all over me, uh, or whatever it might be. Today I'm going to apply for. Today I'm going to apply for two jobs, or today I'm going to start this little business and I'm going to do it. And that's the inspiration. And so again, it's using that negative thing for an inspiration. And oftentimes I find that um, when you just feel down uh, for no apparent reason. Um, there can, there can also, for me, oftentimes if it's just my judge creating stuff, uh, well, you know, I should be at a different point in my life and I could be at this point or I could be at that point. And, um, I just really focus on the empathy of just kind of being present in the moment now and just kind of being nicer to myself. Um, and there's a million other things that come up. Uh, I think this kind of gives a general overview of what's, of what's, um, available to you guys. But at the end of the day, um, when any event pops up, um, if you look at it from a different opportunity and really try and get very specific on what that what that gift is or what that opportunity is, you could pretty and um, and then you move to step five, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, you can really change yourself from such a negative place to a positive place. And uh, before I go to step five, which is the action behind this whole thing. Um, I want to just kind of do a little sidebar here because I've been pressed on this a couple times and um, I think it's a really good topic to to talk about. And so every outcome or circumstance, every outcome or circumstance can be turned into a gift or an opportunity. Well, what if someone dies? How do you turn that into a gift or an opportunity? And that's a hard one. And I need to be really sensitive about that because uh, I have family that have passed away. I have really good friends that um, have passed away and friends and family of friends and family that have passed away. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile thought. And here's, here's my opinion on this. And I guess the first thing I have to say is I don't necessarily, um, I, feel like, uh, I feel like I'm right. Um, or I, I feel like what I have to say makes sense, but I've also never lost, uh, you know, I, I recently lost my grandmother. That was the closest person that, uh, I've lost to me, um, through my life in terms of, uh, someone that was very close to me when I grew up and all that sort of stuff. And that was hard. Uh, but I also haven't lost a kid. Um, you know, I haven't lost my mom or my dad or my sisters or very, very close friends or anything like that. Um, God forbid. And so um, I don't want to be insensitive to the fact that some of you probably have lost those. But but here's my take on this. Um, I think what comes up for me and with when it comes to death uh, is meaning. And so, so much of what I talk about with this sage perspective, and in a lot of the stuff I talk about is like action. Like, all right, what's the opportunity here? I just lost my job. Um, how can I spin this to make it a positive and make me excited or, or you know, make me feel better? And, and I don't know that death is that simple, right? I don't know if it's, um, is, is like, okay, great, boom. Like someone just died. Let me just flip everything and feel better. I, I, in fact, I, I know it's not that simple. And I think the first thing that, that is worth saying is we talk about how you should never live in negative emotions. Uh, I don't think grief is a negative emotion. I think grief is just another form of love. So going through the grieving process, I think um, being incredibly beat up, down, sad, and miserable, I think those are negative emotions that um, I think, uh, again, being 
sensitive to the fact that I haven't been through all the worst things in life, and hopefully I I won't have to go through the worst things in life. Uh, but but I think being down, beating the shit out of yourself and others because of sadness, I think that's a negative emotion. But grieving properly, um, no, I mean that's love. That's showing love for the person that you lost. But I think um, when when we get back to this a little bit and talk about death, finding meaning uh, for yourself and the loss of another is a is a is a um, is a real opportunity. And it's probably a really hard thing to do. But I'll share with you two particular examples that that really resonated with me. And these were examples that um, had come up long ago that I always thought, oh, these, these were kind of neat. One was on a podcast I listened to maybe three or four years ago. I'll, I'll, you know, it's funny. I'll never forget where I was. I was in Dubai. And it was the, God, either the top top senior executive or the CEO of Google was on the uh, was on the. Um, was on the uh, podcast. He was being interviewed, and he had lost his son. His son was like 15 when he died. And don't quote me on all the details, because if any of you guys know, then it might not be exact. But his son was around 15 years old when he died, and the guy um, obviously horrible lost his son. But he's a software engineer at heart, and so what he w- he did is he went and found a scientific approach to ha- to, to to becoming happy, and. Um, because of what happened with his son, he was very unhappy. And so he went out and he found a scientific approach to, to being happy. And you could just tell in the guy's voice, the way he talked about his son, he loved that kid more than anything in the whole world, but he wasn't miserable. He wasn't down. He wasn't beat up. He was very upbeat and positive. And he was just like, you could tell he just like, he found meaning in his son's death. And in the process created this awesome thing. He wrote a book on it. And there was just so much like, uh, I, I hate to use the word positively, but but so much resonance. Resonance is the right word. So much resonance in in finding meaning in this. And uh, the other example is MAD. And most of you guys know MAD, at least here in the U.S. It's Mothers Against Drunk Driving. A lady's son got hit by a drunk driver and got killed. And um, she created this group, which is now like all across the U.S. They go talk to kids in high school. Um, and it's Mothers Against Drunk Driving, M-A-D-D. And again, talk about finding meaning in your son's death. Now, would he, this guy give back the book um, for his son? Absolutely. Would, would she give back every speech she ever gave to have her son or daughter back, whoever it was that died? I'm sure. Absolutely. But that's not the point here. The point is that we, don't, we can't control life, but we can control our approach and our perspective on life. And so a big part of that is, although you may not be doing, so when situations like death occur, well, yeah, you might not be doing handstands down the street, um, and you shouldn't be. There is an opportunity to find meaning um, and resonance in that. And um, yeah, I just keep going back to Victor Frankl, Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And he said, like, the, what really defines man uh, and woman, but he says man, is um, how they suffer. And that's what you learn about people. When they, bad things happen and how they suffer is really when you, when, what, what, what defines us as people. And I just think that's very, very, um, it's very astute, super powerful stuff. Uh, so the last thing before I go into step five here is, um, well, Joe, what if I got raped when I was five years old and then like, you know, this and all that. And it's like, there's probably, you know, what this five step approach here is probably, I'm sure anyone can blow some holes in it at some level. I, I, I can't speak to every situation. If I was your coach and we wanted to sit down and really go through it, I'm sure we can maybe find some meaning in any situation. I'm, uh, I'm sure of it. Uh, but you're like, there are horrible things that happen in this world. Um, and all in, um, it can be hard for people to find meaning. And maybe it's not always your responsibility to find meaning for horrible things in the world that have nothing to do with you. That's something we're thinking about as well. But um, in general, 98, 99% of the time, an approach like this uh, helps and it works. 
So the last step, step five. So we've identified what do we want to gain from this? How do we really want to like embody and be deep into this positive approach here or this um, gift or opportunity? And the last one is action. And um, we all know action creates positive action creates positive momentum. I mean, it's like scientifically proven. If like you're like feeling depressed and you get up and like clean your house and do laundry, you feel better. And we, we, we don't need science to tell us that when we're having a shitty day and we just get up and do something and start moving around or go exercise, uh, we feel better. So we, we all know that that's the truth in the case. But uh, I think it's important to really highlight this because most people, and myself included at times, uh, I've gotten better at this, but I, myself included, I'm not, um, outside of this, don't really complete this step, right? So we can identify saboteur. We can do some active meditation. We can probably empathize with ourselves a little bit, and then we can create the sage perspective and really get clear on like, okay, this is the gift that I'm going to do. Um, or, you know, th- this is, uh, I'm inspired to take this action, or I'm going to build this particular muscle or strength, and I'm going to be more patient. And then we don't act. And if we do act, we act for a very short period of time and then that negative thought hits us again and we just go right back down. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. When the negative thought comes again, we have to, might have to start at uh, step one again. I mean, this shit is hard work. We're, we're trying to talking about we, we, rewiring our brains that have been fucked up for the last 30 some odd years or however, however old you are uh, and all of a sudden trying to change it. That takes time. It takes effort. It takes consistency. But in general, by step four, you have a plan. You've identified a plan about how you can make yourself feel more positive and how you can view this more positively and make yourself feel better. And if you execute, you're all very smart people. You're all capable. You're, you're very capable of creating the life you want, creating a better situation in any situation. The question is, um, can you activate? Can you take action? Can you move towards that? And I think most people don't. And I think that's why most people try this and they say, well, you know, this positive thinking bullshit doesn't work. Well, it's probably because you haven't done it and you haven't properly done it and you haven't given it a real chance. It does work. It 100% works. It just behooves you to actually take the time and do it. So those are five steps. Step one, identify a saboteur. Step two, active meditation. Step three, empathy for yourself. Step four, assume the sage perspective. And uh, step five, take action. So I hope this is helpful, guys. Uh, I've been asked a lot about, you know, the kind of the nitty gritty behind how to really be positive. And I hope um, this gives you some more, um, some more ideas on it. Uh, the, the other um, cliff note that I want to add or the, the little note at the bottom of this is um, the sage perspective uh, is an important perspective. And there's also a lot of other perspectives that you could take too. And I talked about this in a separate podcast on perspectives. If, you kinda, if you're interested, you can go listen to that. You can kind of get some more ideas on different ways to approach this, this positive mindset. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I think the active meditation is key to this that most people don't understand, and I think the empathy for yourself. If you can do those two things, step two and step two and step three well, and really do them well, I think step four, uh, which is what most, well, step four is what when most people say think positive, they just go right to step four. Well, just think positive. What's the opportunity here? How do you make this good? Everyone knows that. Uh, and I went into a little bit more detail today, but everyone knows that. But most people don't understand most don't understand the importance of really um, centering yourself with this active meditation and uh, being empathetic for yourself. I'm going to be empathetic for you now and shut up because I've been talking for 30 minutes, 31, actually. I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, I look forward to your feedback. Have a great rest of your week. Hey guys, it's Joe. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I have a couple requests for you. Number one, 
Subscribe to the podcast. If you liked it, subscribe, share it with some friends. Number two, go to my website, joechiccarelli.com and subscribe to my blog. I send updates out when I drop new podcasts uh, once in a while with new blogs and some other stuff. So I'll keep you updated on what's going on. The last piece, if you or anyone you know has interest in joining the podcast as a potential client or even as someone um, to have a valuable discussion or you know someone that might be good for me to bring on here an interview and pick their brain about how they've, uh, how they've, how they've come to find success in their life, let me know. Uh, you can get my contact information on my website if you don't already have it. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. I hope you have a great day.